we, we live in this age where people are happy to be alone, to be by themselves. Just look around you. When, when you commute to work or when you're on the bus, on the train, people are just happy to be by themselves. They put all these signs to people around them, say, don't talk to me. How do they do that? They have their phones out. They put their big, giant headphones on. They say, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. People are happy to be alone these days. And we, in a, way, in a sense, we value our relationship with things, with gadgets, with our hobbies, more than we value relationship with people. If you don't believe me, just think about how much time you spend on your phone than with friends, with people that you can talk to in person. Um, we even, just, it, it's quite ridiculous. And our irony, especially not just young anymore, you know, a few years ago, I, w- I would just say this, especially the young people, but now I've seen even the older people, when they're engaging in a dinner or out with friends, how much they actually take out their, front, their phones to engage virtual friendship when they, they are in the presence of physical, real friendships. It's an irony. It's ridiculous to think about that. There are real people in front of you, yet you are engaging with virtual friendship. And how many times we see people out about in a beautiful bushwalking, looking at the nature, and what they do? They record it, rather than just soak it in, enjoying the presence of the glory of nature. See, people can go on for months without seeing their friends. Um, The pandemic in the past couple of years proved that. Yet, some people struggle to go for a week without their phones or Netflix. The internet has problems, they freaked out. They don't see their friends for months, no big deal. Uh, I understand relationships are hard work. Um, it's not easy. And sometimes we feel that they, they aren't worth the hard work. See, today's passage is about, in the last chapter of John, it's about relationship and the importance of relationship and that relationship matters to our Lord Jesus Christ. Our relationship with one another and to Him matter a great deal to Jesus. Jesus came to the world to die on the cross, to raise again from the dead. Why? All that hustle is to restore relationship particularly our relationship with Him, with the Lord, but also our relationship with one another, as we will see today in this passage. So, now, you would have thought if God's mission, if Jesus' mission is to come and die to redeem us from our sin, after He did all that on the cross and resurrected from the dead from the last week, chapter 20, He would just go back with the Father, right? Right? He's done his job, but no, we read here in verse 1, it says this. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. And then it proceeds to describe how he revealed himself to them. See, now he, he, 
he met with his disciple again. This time, notice they're no longer in Jerusalem. The first two times in chapter 20, he revealed himself in Jerusalem, where Jesus died, was crucified, and rose again from the dead. Now, we don't know how long times have lapsed because they're no longer in Jerusalem. They're now in Tiberias, in Galilee, in the Sea of Tiberias. Um, this is revealed to, to the disciples again. Why? Well, why would Jesus do that? Because I think, I believe, relationship matters to Jesus. And he wants to show them this, that they matter to him. And their relationship with another matter to Jesus. So we're going to look at three things about relationship this morning. The problem of it, the solution, and the purpose. The problem, the solution, and the purpose. So first one, the problem. So some, as I said, some people, not all of us, some people prefer to spend time with things, with their hobbies, you know, social media, with Netflix, on Netflix, playing golf, playing sports, watching sports, reading about sports, um, over spending time with, with people. And because people are hard work, we know that. People are hard work. And relationships are often messy. Now, if you haven't never been misunderstood by people, then perhaps it's simply because you haven't spent enough time with people. If you just spend enough time with people, you would have understood what when I say relationships are messy and it's hard work. Now, do you know what causes conflicts in relationship between two people? You. Now, some of you might that might shock you. Me? I'm 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 the cause of conflict? Yes, you. See, take yourself out from that relationship and there's no conflict. End of story. Easy. Now, but that's you know, perhaps some of you say say to me now, why why do you think I'm alone? Duh, I don't want conflict. Or you say, that's why I spend my weekend watching Netflix binge-watching. See, but that's not where I want to go, okay? Um, if people are the cause of conflicts, then conflicts will always be there whenever there are people, okay? Um, the solution is not to remove yourself from relationship. That's not the solution because avoidance is worse than messy relationship, than conflicts in relationship. Avoidance is messier and worse. You'll be worse off. You may not have conflict with people to avoid relationship, yet loneliness will kill you. Now, a study report this. I mean, I quote. Loneliness is a social cancer, every bit as alarming as cancer. First, loneliness is a killer. An influential matter analysis which collated and analyzed the results of nearly 150 studies underlines the impact on health of loneliness or more specifically lack of social integration and social support. It found loneliness increases the risk of death more than such things as poor diet, obesity, alcohol consumption, and lack of exercise. And that 
it is as harmful as heavy smoking. So to remove yourself from relationship just to avoid conflicts is not the solution because you'll, you'll be worse off. Now, of, of course, the Bible also say that we are created for relationship. And that's important for us. Apart from the health benefits of relationship, we are created by God to be in relationship because only in the context of relationship that we can flourish as a human, as a human being. If you want to see a person that is flourished and done well as a person, that person has rich relationship. Lone Ranger cannot have a flourished life. There are many kinds of relationships. I'm not talking about husband and wife relationship, that kind of relationship only. Yes, that included, but not just that. And all kinds, all sorts of relationships, human relationships, they all contribute to human flourishing. Now, to remove yourself from it or any forms of community that foster, that provides that relationship uh, will, in the long run, will kill you. Now, so some of you perhaps don't run from relationship. Um, perhaps you run to relationship. Perhaps you run to relationship too quickly. Um, well, look at Peter. Some of you are like Peter. You're bold, you're confident. Uh, early in the gospel, when Jesus said to the disciples that he must die, remember what Jesus said? Even when everyone leaves you, I will not leave you. I will lay down my life for you. That's what Peter said. He's just so bold. Uh, yet Peter betrayed Jesus three times before the rooster crow. Someone who is so confident in relationship. He said, like, I will die for you. Even... even when all these disciples of yours leave you, I will not leave you. Perhaps some of you don't run away from relationships, but into relationships. And also this, there's a note, notice here, if you have your Bible, I don't think we have it up there. Who noticed when they're catching the fish that it was Jesus? When Jesus said, try one more time. Who noticed that? It was John. It was John. Um, so if you have a Bible, you, you look at that, it say. In verse 7, that disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. Because Jesus done this with the disciple before. Remember? When Jesus called them, they were out fishing all night. They didn't catch any fish. And Jesus said, throw the net again. And they caught so much until the net ripped. And now Jesus did the same. And immediately John after he, John is the, the, the thinker here, he think hard, he said, like, that's the Lord, that's our Lord Jesus Christ. But then notice when Simon Peter, the following failing part of verse 7, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his garment, his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. It was John who noticed that it's Jesus, it was Peter who jumped straight into the water. Peter is that confident guy who's like, man, I'm just going to do it. I don't think I'll just do it. Some of you perhaps like this. More like Peter than John. But perhaps some of you, those who avoid relationship, are more like John. You analyze all the problems that could happen if you spend time with this group of people. All the hustles, all the heartache, you know, ah, this guy will need my lift to church or 
Oh, this guy will move how soon? I will help them to move out. You analyze every single thing, how it will disadvantage you if you engage in that relationship. And you say, no, I, I don't want that messy life. I just want to be alone. But some, some of you are like Peter, who just say, jump straight into it. See, ni- neither of these are the solution to a great relationship. Because being confident and bold in a relationship won't help you as we see Peter being bold, say like Jesus, I'll die for you even when these people will leave you. Um, so it's just as bad to be confident and bold as to avoid relationship. Just as bad. Because why? The problem is what? You. You is the problem in relationship. Um, so regardless how you approach it, will not help because our sin you see our sin because of our sin we have become self-centered when we engage with one another who do we think about us yourself we look out for ourselves in relationship we protect ourselves Uh, when we have children perhaps that get shift that priority shift from ourselves to our children we look out for our children now we don't want to engage with other families because they say, well, I don't want my children to have bad influence to hang out with their kids. We are upstanding family. They are lowly family. We don't want to mix with them. We look out for ourselves. Um, we become self-centered. Uh, we use relationship to benefit us. You know, networking, heard of that word? Why do you, ne- what, see, this word networking means what can I gain from this relationship? No one network for those who cannot benefit them. People network with those who can benefit them. People send their kids to private school. One of the reasons is so that their kids can network with rich kids. We use relationship to meet our needs, to make us feel good even sometimes. People date a person, a, you know, a girl or a boy, to make themselves feel good. See, do you know why we cannot succeed in relationship on our own? Well, because we are self-centered people. We look out for ourselves. And when you look out for yourself, you will not have a flourishing and beautiful relationship with one another. So what's the solution? That's our second point. Let me give you out straight the solutions and then we're going to look at it. The solution is this. First, we must realize and admit that we are self-centered. If you cannot pass that, you will not have a flourishing relationship. So first, we must realize and we must admit that we are self-centered. And the second step is we must repent from it. You cannot say, well, I'm just like that and then leave it at that. No, you you must repent. We must repent. So from far from laying down for, for Jesus, his life for Jesus, what did Peter do? He denied Jesus, right? He did not do what he say he wants to do for Jesus. So how can we do this? How can we do this? What's the solutions for us is we look at how Jesus deal with Peter when Peter denied him. So let's look at that. In verse 15, it says this, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Sounds familiar, isn't it? Because Peter, before Jesus was crucified, Peter was saying, Jesus, I love you more than any of this loved you. 
Now Jesus asked him, do you love me more than this? Uh, then he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Jesus said to Peter, feed my lambs. That's the first time Jesus asked him. Now, so Peter said, if everyone leaves you, I will still love you. I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus asked him, do you love me more than this? What is Jesus doing here? Jesus is showing Peter that Peter did not love Jesus more than others. That's what, that's what Jesus revealed to him. He said, do you really? He did that three times to remind him the three times that he denied Jesus. See, a, a, a modern translation, if I would translate the Bible in this verse, Jesus' words, instead of asking, really, Peter, that you love me more than this? I would have said this, if I'm the translator. Peter, you have failed. You have failed me. That's what Jesus is saying. Do you love me more than this, the first time? Jesus is revealing to Peter that Peter has failed Jesus when, when Peter promised and said that I will lay down my life for you. Even if any of your disciples leave you, I will stay. So Jesus is saying, Peter, you have failed. You have failed me. Jesus cut into Peter's heart, um, into his real motivation for relationship. Jesus wants Peter to see. Jesus saw that. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Lord. But Peter does not realize this. So Peter needs help from someone to show his sin. And that's what is Jesus doing. Jesus is cut into his heart, showing Peter, Peter, this is your heart. You say you love me, but you love yourself more than me. So Peter wanted to satisfy his own longing, his own desire for his relationship with Jesus. That's what Peter was after. Peter loved Jesus only when he can get all the benefits from having relationship with Jesus, but not when it was going to cost him dearly. That's when he denied Jesus. Perhaps some of us are like that. Why are you following Jesus? Perhaps you say, I love you, Jesus, more than any of this. This morning, Jesus is asking the same because if you let God, if you let Jesus look deep into your heart, perhaps Jesus would say the same thing. Do you really love me more than this? In a way, my translation, you have failed me again yesterday and this morning, you failed me again. Cut deep into our heart and the first step for us to admit and realize that's me. That's me. We use people, we use God we get into a relationship to benefit us. What do I gain from that? We network with people. We don't network with people who cannot benefit us. In fact, we do not want to network with people who can use us and benefit from us. So that's what Jesus did for Peter. He cut into his heart and revealed to him the darkness in his heart. For Peter loved Jesus not for Jesus' sake, but for himself. It was self-centered love, you see. It was self-centered love. Jesus told Peter, you have failed, not once, three times, right? Ask him three times. See, like a good surgeon, three times does this. It cut clean to reach the very source of that cancer that is in Peter's heart, that he loved Jesus for himself. 
not for God. See, Jesus showing Peter this relationship, any relationship, God-centered relationship are for service. That's the purpose, for service. And we're going to look at that in our final point. But relationships are designed by God for service, but we have abused it. We abuse relationship. Instead of for service, we use it to benefit us. We use it to control others. Some people use relationship to control others. And one, one very clear example that comes to mind as I prepare this is at the moment there's a case, a court case between Johnny Depp and his ex-wife, his former wife. And uh, I'm going to quote one from, from the transcript. It says this. Uh, I think this is the words of Johnny Depp describing the, the ex-wife. It was almost as if there were rules. She has, Emba, has a routine. And if that routine isn't met to her standards, then there was going to be a problem. So in that relationship, what Johnny Depp is saying is this. Well, she set rules. And rules must be met. So in that relationship, as far as from Johnny Depp's point of view, his former wife used that relationship to control him. And that ha can happen to any of us if we do not realize, we don't look at deep into our heart why we engage in relationship. Any kind of relationship, not just boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, or friendship relationship if you're not careful we don't see that that we use people to control others for our benefit now if we want to flourish in relationship with one another as God has designed then we must see our self-centeredness we must admit our self-centeredness and we must repent from it and that's how Peter did it that's how Peter overcome it because if you continue on to read after the Gospel of John, if you continue on, you get to Acts. This is when you will see how Peter turned around 180 degrees. He died for Jesus. Literally died for Jesus. He was crucified just like his Lord Jesus. And this is the turning point, you see. Jesus cut into him, say, Peter, you failed me. Do you see this? Do you see how you failed me? And Peter admitted. Jesus confronted him and Peter admitted him, admitted his failure and repented. Now, relationship are for service. Let's read from 18 to 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. Sound like some of us, right? We do things for ourselves. We go whenever, wherever we want to go. But as you mature, you know, sometimes you go places, you dress, send dress or whatever, not because you wanted to, because relationships are for service. But when you are old, what did Jesus say? You will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Sounds like a relationship, doesn't it? Uh, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Do what I've done to Peter. And he did. Just read Acts. He did exactly that. So after Jesus confronted Peter three times, Jesus explained how he must enter and engage in relationship. This is the clue. 
This is the solution. Jesus said, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Doesn't sound like it's all about me, isn't it? When you read that, you will stretch out your hands, another, not you, will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. That's the essence what relationship is all about. You will do things that you do not want to do. Now, you will eat things that you do not want to eat. Young people, when you start dating, you will start listening to songs that you do not want to listen to. But notice Jesus, what Jesus, so Jesus also talked about his death, of course, right? He died on the cross, stretched his arms for your sake and for my sake. But don't miss this. Jesus said, follow me. Follow after me. So Jesus showed us the pattern of relationship the way God has designed it. Self-sacrificing in service of others. That kind of relationship. So what's the purpose? Final point. Why should we bother, basically? Why should we bother to do this? Sounds like a lot of hard work and heartache. And it does. If you engage in this kind of relationship, it will cost you. For Peter, it was too much. And Peter said, nope, I can't handle it. That's why he denied Jesus. Now, there's a purpose in relationship, and that purpose is for service. In other words, for mission. Service of others. Three times Jesus confronted Peter in 15, 16, and 17. And every time Jesus said to him, the first time he said, feed my lambs. And the second time Jesus said, tend my sheep. And finally, he said, feed my sheep. Do you see that? It's all about service, mission for other people. In relationship, it's not about, you know, so here, first one, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. It's about service to others, not about what can I gain from this relationship. Now, some people suggested this, uh, since this is popular passage, some people suggested this. Why did Jesus ask three times? Is because the Greek word love has changed. The first time Jesus said, do you love me? Do you agapao me? And then the second time, do you love me? Do you agapao me? Another Greek word, agapao, same. And then finally, Jesus changed the word love to another word of love, do you phileo me? Uh, some has just suggested that because Peter responds, you know I love you. When Jesus says, do you agapao me? Peter responds, I phileo you. So some people suggest that Peter did not reach that kind of love for Jesus. And in the end, Jesus go down. The third time, Jesus said, do you phileo me? And then Peter said, I phileo you. Uh, to suggest that Jesus came down to Peter's level of love. But I don't think that is true. Because God's love standard cannot be lowered. Um, how do we understand this change of using of the word love by Jesus has to be in literally stylistic way John writes. All over, John used different Greek words to describe the same thing. That's just how he writes so that it's not monotone, it's not boring. And we can see this not just in John's style, but also because of how Jesus responds. So there's a connection. Jesus accepts, in a way, Peter's response that he loves Jesus. 
Now, so the point that Jesus wants to make is not so much the, the word love, but rather the outcome of that love, the result of that love. You see, what's the result of that love? Jesus say, feed my lambs, tend my lamb, feed my sheep. That's the result. So the outcome of, the purpose of relationship is service of others, mission to others. So if you think about it, that's exactly the opposite of what Peter thought. Because Peter thought relationship with Jesus is to what he can gain from that relationship. And that's what some of us thought as well. I'm a Christian, I have a relationship with Jesus because of what I'm going to gain in this life, there are some churches that preach prosperity, health. If you follow Jesus, you'll be blessed. Your business will go well. Your kids will grow up healthy and well and faithful to you. What can I gain from being a Christian? It's all about what can I gain. Yet, that's the opposite of what Jesus say. If you have a good relationship with me, you will serve others. You will think of others, not for your gain. But some of us perhaps are more holy. Say, no, 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 it's not about health and blessings that God can give me. But when I die, I want to go to heaven. That's the same thing. Because you use Jesus as your ticket. I don't need Jesus, I just want the ticket so that I can get to heaven. But Jesus said, no. You're in relationship for the benefit of others. So are you serving others or using others? Are you serving Jesus or are you using Jesus? Is what we must ask ourselves. In your relationship with one another, in a community of people, are you in it to gain or are you in it to serve? See, if you're honest, if I'm honest, we often engage in a relationship, whether one-on-one -on -one or in a community where we can gain rather than we feel like this is the community that we, I can serve. Sometimes we forget why we are Christians. We are Christian for mission. Because we are saved by grace. We are not becoming Christian so that we get saved, you see. We're already saved. If you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're already saved. You have all the blessings. We've just gone through the book of Ephesians, right? It says that all the blessings of God belongs to you, Christians. We have access to all that already. So we don't serve God. We don't engage in relationship to gain anymore, but to bless others, to serve others. So even the disciples seem to forget why they are Christians, why they believe in Jesus. Uh, remember they were called out when they were called to follow Jesus, called out from fishing business, remember that? The first time Jesus say, cast your net again, after all night they, they didn't catch any fish. Jesus called them out from their fishing business into what? Fisher or men. They forgot about that. They returned from Jerusalem to Galilee, back to what? Back to their fishing business. That's what they were doing. They were out on the boat catching fish again. They forgot that Jesus had called them out from fishing fish to fishing men. They forgot their mission, why they follow Jesus. Christians, have you forgotten 
about why you are Christians. Are you Christian to benefit you or you're Christian to serve others as God has called us? See, we are called to mission to serve others sacrificially. This is what it means. It means this. Sometimes we ought to be willing to engage in a relationship, in a community where we will not benefit. Instead, we will be taken advantage of. Let me say that again. That means sometimes God will lead us into relationship with people where we will be taking advantage of. And Jesus say, that's okay. Let people take advantage of you. That means you have things that people don't have. That means you have blessings that people seek. And the goal is so that when they take that from you, receive that from you, you point them to the source of that blessing in your life. And his name is Jesus. If you're honest, we, we often fail at this, right? We often fail at this. We don't even go to church where we don't benefit. We don't go to church where we just, people leave church because they say, I'm, I'm exhausted. They just take and take and take from me. People there hurt me, but they fail to see that in that church where there are so many hurting people, he, he or she can benefit them, can serve them, and to show the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. We fail when we are using Jesus to get what we want in this life. We will fail. We will fail because we are not seeing Jesus stretching out his arms on the cross as an act of service to restore relationship between you and God. So don't avoid relationship just because it's hard work. It is hard work. It is messy. Because Christ has came, has come to restore that. We have all abundant blessing. We have all the resources to be the one not to take advantage of relationship, but to be the one to be taken advantage of. As you relate to one another in marriage, in boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, in church, with your colleagues, with your friends, seek to serve and not to be served. The Bible says in Mark that Jesus came not to be served. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He came not to be served. Who are you to engage in relationship and say, I want to be served? Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And my prayer is this day, may God be glorified in your, relation, in your relationship, in whatever capacity that is that you seek to glorify God by serving one another. Let us pray.